Okay. I need some help. Now, my wife will tell you that, yes, I've needed help for a long time now. But seriously, uh, I have this uh, chart over here over my shoulder that I'll show you. Let me give you a, a quick preview, then I'll explain where I'm going with this. Um, as you can see in the, in the blue writing in the upper left-hand corner, trumpets is not before the fall. Okay, it's a fall feast. Now, on the secular calendar, they're trying to tell us that, uh, you know, what they call Rosh Hashanah, really the true biblical feast day is Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah. Um, most of you know this, but I'm just going to repeat myself on some of these areas, not to talk down to anybody, but for those who maybe are new to it or haven't heard anything at all uh, about it, but the rule is this, um, it's a it's a fall feast. Months in the Hebrew calendar, in, in biblical reckoning, start on the new moon. A new moon is a brand new moon. In, in other words, it's not uh, a new moon in, in the Western culture is, you know, the big round black ball. I mean, you could see it in the sky. You know, oh, look, new moon, you can't really see it. Depends on the lighting, where you're at, what have you. In Hebrew reckoning, it's the first sliver of a, of a moon that you're able to sight. And that marks off the new moon. A couple of witnesses attest to that. The new moon begins. Now, what's particular about... Um, the Feast of Trumpets is unlike the other feasts, which all land on full moons, really obvious, in-your-face kind of a deal, right? Yom Teruah, or Feast of Trumpets, is the new moon, first sliver of a moon. Now, what is really particularly difficult about um, knowing when that is, is what has just happened um in the skies is the autumnal equinox that's when the sun passes over the equator and all those alignments happen in such a way that um, it's the equinox you have a vernal equinox and you have that right before passover you have the autumnal equinox and that's when you know even according to nasa that tells you oh this is when autumn starts fall okay on the Gregorian calendar, which is the everyday calendar that we use, um, that will be on the 22nd or 23rd every year. That's just because that's a solar thing. Um, the Jews use a, a lunisolar calendar. In other words, it's the moon, except where it comes to the breaking of the seasons, and then that determines the months. So you've got it split up into four times of the year, and there's all kinds of Hebrew Terms for my head is swimming, reading all this stuff um, to refresh myself. But to determine when we're in the right season, summer, fall, winter, spring, um, we will follow the equinox. And so what happens with Yom Teruah is it's the first new moon after the fall equinox because it's not fall 
until we've hit the equinox. It says, okay, summer's done. It's now fall. First new moon starts the first um, of the month. Um, in this case, it's going to be Tishri. And that Tishri 1 will start as soon as two witnesses up at the highest point spot this little sliver of moon. Now, what's really particularly difficult about it, and there have been tons of videos done about this, so I'm not going to belabor it, but um, it's at, at a time of the year where the sun set is the same place as the moon rise. So the sun is going down over the horizon, and the moon pops up briefly, makes a showing before going back down, and you have the glare of the sun. So the first day, uh, they might miss it. You have a couple of witnesses on a high point. It's a really good chance they'll, mi they'll miss this little, you know, uh, sliver of a moon. So um, that's why in the Hebrew reckoning, a Hebraism is it's the feast that no man knows. No man knows the day or the hour. Does that sound familiar? No man knows the day or the hour. If they miss this first sliver of the moon the first night, then that means Yom Teruel will start the second night. It's, it looks kind of like a three-day. If you look at your calendar, it'll look like a three-day holiday on your calendar, but really it's two days. But see, their days run from evening, you know, the sunrise, till, um, you know, the sunset the next day. Ours is morning tonight. Another way you might look at it is we run from midnight to midnight, and their their reckoning is not like that at all. It's more like sunset. Sunset to sunset is another way you could look at it. It's a couple of ways you could look at it, but it's it's different from ours. So um, when you get to it, as at the time I'm recording this, um, it is um, Friday afternoon. By the time it gets to be probably 6 45 7 o'clock whatever sunset is tonight um when you get to sunset there we are now at, on the sabbath or saturday as we look at it here in the western culture so it, the day changes in the evening is the best way to look at it other than thinking about it clocks and midnight and whatever um the day of the week changes at, at sunset and so we we go into a new a new day so that so it looks like a three-day celebration on your calendar you look at it and go oh look at you know um rosh hashanah is these three days but really what it is is it's there's overlap and it doesn't really look too well on the calendar so it looks like three days but it's a two-day celebration anyway um so 2023 the timing question I, I need some help here i need some folks who are good at math and calendars and all that kind of stuff and it just makes i have a head cold right now so my head is kind of swimming um coffee helps a little bit but anyway um they have us in september as the start of what they're calling rosh hashanah which is wink wink nudge nudge really it's yom teruah rosh hashanah means head of the year and then the original feast day is has to do with trumpets and what it does is it's calling attention to israel and it kicks off 10 days of awe 10 days of awe repenting and um that the 10 days of of uh, awe will culminate on um tishri 10 which will be a one-day celebration 
and it's um, the end of 10 days of repentance. So Tishri 1, Rosh Hashanah, calls everybody to attention, and it's 10 days of repentance, 10 days of awe, 10 days of contemplation, um, but there's also some celebration and so forth. And um, so as there's 10 days of repentance that culminate on Tishri 10, obviously, on the 10th day of the month, and that's Yom Kippur, okay? And then um, five days after that, that's a one-day celebration, then five days after that is a seven-day holiday called Sukkot, or Tabernacles, okay? These are all fall feasts. September 15, 16, 17, whatever, is still summer. Um, not just in the Hebrew calendar, and not it's not a Hebrew calendar versus Gregorian calendar kind of a thing, necessarily, but you know, NASA, it's astronomy, not astrology, it's astronomy. It's the position, uh, and you can find charts. I don't know if I have time, I might cut a graphic in here. Um, but it's it's how the, the moon, in relation to the tilt of the earth, position themselves for the four seasons. And, and they change between solstices and equinoxes um, four times a year, so you get the four seasons. So that does not even happen until September 22nd this year. But you have Rosh Hashanah happening at the end of summer. And the reason why the secularists do this kind of thing, too, is to make the weekend land the right day because, um, you know, you want to have those good punch of uh, marketing days to have people holidays and buying things and, and going to restaurants and spending money and and not having to work and that kind of stuff. So they monkey with the dates sometimes um, for their purposes. Um, and it's, it has nothing to do with biblical um, Yom Teruah at all. Yom Teruah is the first new moon of, of fall. Fall holiday, it's first first new moon. And that will be October 14th. October 14th. Let me go back to this chart again here real quick. Um, as you can see here, um, October 14th is the first day of the first new moon right here. That's Yom Teruah, Feast of Trumpets. So I do not believe in setting dates. <clears throat> I think that's a huge mistake. We've all seen how that's gone disastrously. People have done that even recently. Even now, people are still doing it. And, and some people are claiming to have visions. Some people are claiming to have dreams. And as they have in previous years, and how did that work out? Now, I want to keep it biblical. But I'm a watcher. I like to watch. I'm watching for the Lord. As Paul said, Titus 2.13, looking for the glorious appearing of my great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm watching for Messiah. I'm done with this earth. Now, I don't know how many of you agree with me there, but this place is just, you know, stick a fork in this, we're done. It's so evil. It's so vile. And frankly, I'm tired of my own sin too, right? I'm tired of, of struggling uh, in, in life with, um, you know, with my own sin. And I want to be holy and righteous all the time for the Lord. And um, that's, that could be a problem because sometimes we don't always want to be holy, right? We want to be self-indulgent. We just want to watch this show. I want to watch this movie. Yeah, there's some language in it, but, you know, so we struggle with these things and and some people don't. Different people have different struggles in different ways. But, you know, um, but it's mostly from the outside 
um, the evil going on in the world. And I don't care if you're looking at politics and military and uh, politics from one country to the next and attacking each other and <clears throat> manipulating things and, and monetarily trying to control us, the tyranny that's going on in the world, the tyranny that is uh, ramping up big time here in the United States. So, you know, bring it, Jesus, you know, um, rapture, bring us out of here. So I'm looking at dates because I'm curious, but um, <clears throat> there's some interesting things that I want you to, I want to point out on this chart that I'd like you to help me with because um, I think there's some amazing coincidences. And um, I, I'm... I'd like to believe it's this year, it might be this year, but the, the truth is, when we look at this chart, um, what we might find is that we can maybe line up with some math, some of these things in future years too, and I just have not done that to this extent yet. Okay, so here's the deal. Huh? What am I looking at here? Okay, uh, as I said, fall equinox, September 22nd. First new moon is not until October 14, 15, depending on when they sound it, when they uh, cite it. Because uh, no man knows the day or the hour, right? It's the feast that no man knows. So depending on when the two witnesses about the high point um, in Israel see this first sliver of the moon. And it, it's really this stuff's all about Jerusalem. It's all about Israel, right? So what I have listed here is trying to keep it biblical. There are some key dates and and time period ranges well, what do you mean by time period ranges well we all know 70th week of daniel um a week is a group of sevens it's like well here in the west we would say a dozen okay a dozen means any grouping of 12 there's a dozen eggs a dozen donuts my preference is the donuts um but it's it means 12 okay when we say a week it's a hebraism for a grouping of seven and and in we are most familiar with a week being seven days. That's a grouping of seven, but sevens can be groupings also of years. And as Gabriel described events and as they transpired in Daniel, I'm not going to get into all that right now because that would take several more videos, but you can suss that out yourself. Daniel was given by Gabriel a prophecy wherein there's 70 weeks and 69 of those weeks um, terminated at Christ on the cross that left a week out and I know some people like to mock and say why would you have that 70th week way out in the future well you know um riddle me this Batman why did Jesus give us a 2,000 year gap when he was reading Isaiah 61 in the temple and he took the Isaiah scroll read concerning the things he would accomplish in his first coming and he stopped at kind of a comma in Isaiah 61 because the rest of the verse in Isaiah 61 is about the second coming and the things he'll do there. Similarly, Gabriel, when he visited um, Mary in the Gospel of Luke, he did the same kind of thing and told Mary what was coming and how she's going to um, bear a, a son and his name will be Emmanuel, all these types of things that we've read there in Luke. Uh, and then 2,000 years later, although it doesn't say that in there, but there's a gap, he's going to sit on the throne of David. So this is how the prophecy goes. So anyway, let me go back here. So prophecies frequently do this. In fact, they usually do this. I'll have a gap 
They'll have a near fulfillment, which, which is partial, and then they'll have an ultimate, complete fulfillment sometime out in the future, just as with Christ's first coming, and then the second coming is finally um, him sitting on the throne of David. So here, um, what I'm curious about, though, is, okay, there are some time spans, time frames here offered in the book of Revelation in particular. We have, again, a Daniel, we have a seven-year period. But what all happens in this seven-year period? Um, in the seven-year period, we have, the, um, in the middle of the week, we have um, the Antichrist comes along and stops the sacrifices. What's interesting about that is, what do you have to have to, what do you, what do I get? What do you have to have before you can have sacrifices, you got to have the temple, and you have to have the altar. So that means an, a temple is coming, right? And the Antichrist is going to have to be here by then. And Jesus referred to the middle of the week. The abomination of desolation is called in Daniel, and Jesus referred to it and said, it's still in the future. Even though history tells us that there was a foreshadowing about 200 years before Christ, um, he said, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. So it's a completed, fulfilled version of this still happens in the future. So that's interesting. So that's one thing to throw into the mix here. I'm just going to give you the elements of the mix. So we have a seven-year period here. But now, here's the thing about this seven-year period. We would think if all math was nice round numbers and all calendars were perfectly good and the earth was uh, upright on, uh, you know, zero degrees north and zero degrees south, and the rotation around the sun was perfect, then, you know, you could say, uh, you know, uh, January 1st, at this point, 2023 is going to match up with January 1st, 2030, and it's going to be the exact number of days, everything's going to be exact, the exact correct number of months, and so forth. We look at the solar calendar, and this is what historically they've struggled with trying to balance over the years. And this is how Pope Gregory messed up the calendar. The calendar has been messed up like three major times in the past. That's why you go back trying to figure out when, when did Jesus raise from the dead? When is the cross? And there's why there's so much heated argument and debate about how all that happened. You've got uh, Rome back before Christ came up with a 365-point-odd 65 and a quarter uh, day year, and they had at the time when it was Rome, they had a, a 10 month calendar, and they added and they played with the years. You know, you had uh, Julius Caesar added July, and Augustus, not to be outdone, decided he wanted his own month too, and they messed with the months. And so now, what we've got um, away from the Julian calendar and so forth, we've got the Gregorian calendar that's been slightly altered. So we have 365 day years. 4.3 roughly weeks in a month. Month is 29, 30, sometimes 19 days. <laughs> you know, it's it's a mess. They have the Hebrew and Babylonian calendar, and it's 360-day year. It's still 12 months, 30-day months. But nowadays, though, because there's drift, and the days um, tend to drift, they add in some um, leap months at a dollar one 
uh, on certain years. And if you research this out, you'll find this and find out what years those are. Okay, so this is why uh, you can't look at it and say, okay, uh, from Feast of Trumpets, one year, let's say it's this year, out seven years, it's going to be exactly Feast of Trumpets again. No. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work out. If you find a year that works out that way, you let me know. I'd love to have the computer crunching power that does all this and does it accurately. Because they have to account for um, the solar positions for the four seasons plus the moon. Because there's the lunar part of the calendar that uh, the Bible goes by, the biblical calendar and the Hebrew calendar goes by. And so it's, it's, um, it's a mess trying to crunch these, marry these up and get them together. So these are the old, this is what I have to mess with. And if you've got, if you're a geek and you've got, got all that worked out, I'd like to see what you come up with. But now let's, let's go back to this chart that's over my shoulder here. So we have two witnesses and it says in Revelation 11 that they're going to do their thing for 1260 days. Now, if you note down here, I put it roughly starting um, in the first half of the tribulation. Why? Um, I realize that they don't start telling you about the two witnesses until we get up close to the middle of the book of Revelation. Um, but I put place it here because of the events that are going on. One is, at the end of their ministry is when the beast, Satan, attacks them and kills them, and they're in the streets for four days, right? Now, what is going on for four days they're in the streets? Uh, the Bible says that they are uh, partying, they're exchanging gifts, they make a holiday out of, woohoo, those two witnesses that were, you know, so negative, those naysayers that were bringing plagues upon the earth and everything, they're dead. Yay! And they're partying, and they're exchanging gifts. They're having all kinds of fun, a big celebration, and that's in the middle of the tribulation. In my opinion, it's the middle of the tribulation. And the reason why I think that's got to be the middle of the tribulation is because, let's say the two witnesses were at the end. At the end of the tribulation, we've had, by this time, more than half the world has been destroyed, right? Most everybody's dead. Look, at you've got the, you're at the end of the bowl judgments. You've got Armageddon is here. Um, going on at the end of the tribulation. Um, you've got the sun has fired off uh, a, a, a major CME. So it's fried a bunch of people. A bunch of people are burned. You've had 100-pound hail falling on the earth. Uh, oh, all the water. By this time, all the water has turned to blood. Uh, major earthquakes, a series of major earthquakes, all of the islands have sunk and all of the mountains have been leveled. Not really a party atmosphere, is it? And and what will the condition of the world be communication, whether it's by satellite, cell phone, whatever, what will it be like here? Now, in the middle of the tribulation, what you see is um, when the two witnesses suddenly stand up on their feet and they ascend into heaven, the whole world sees that happen. Well, that means communications are still going to be in good shape. All the satellites and people will have their devices and things still working, and people will have their cell phones out going, look at that, look, they're standing up, and they're videoing them ascending up into heaven, and they're going to be freaked out. I don't really see this atmosphere being this way. So it makes sense 
that right off, right off the bat, they would come into the uh, seven-year period. Now, I kind of, what you'll note here is 1,260 days, but I kind of count backwards from the middle to here, and you, you end up basically at, at Yom Kippur, um, at, at Tishri 10, 10 days in. Um, and the reason why is because it's more than 1,260 days here, and it's a little more than 1,260 days here. Gee, Dave, how does that work? Well, because when you go by a seven year and you say seven years out, um, because of the leap years, you've got a longer period. You, in this case, in this case, you've got three leap years. You got a couple going on here. See, here's my leap years, 20, 24, 25. Um, and then uh, 20, 27 at the start of the year, somewhere right before here is another Adar one. And then 2030, you've got another leap year that happens up in here. So you're kind of extending this period out to make it fit the combination of um, solar issues plus lunar issues and to make them match up. That's why calendaring is such a big ball of mess. I hope I, I make myself clear. So you've got more the 1260 plus 1260 days in here. In fact, if you look down here, if you go from Yom Teruah on October 14th, you go out um, 2,550 uh, days all the way to Yom Kippur here, um, which is when you look at Daniel, there are some dates and numbers there that I have not gone into and charted all of them yet. So there's some, some considerations that bring you way out here. This would be Yom Teruah here to Yom Teruah here, um, Yom Kippur here, and then Tabernacles way out here. And this whole period here ends up being a seven-year period. So you, did you ever wonder why does the Lord give us these dates in terms of um, 1260 days two witnesses they're going to minister on the earth 1260 days then the woman is nourished she's fleeing from antichrist beast satan going after the woman israel and she's got to flee to petrol whatever the mountains and the lord says he's going to nourish her for a time times and half a time so three and a half years from here to out wherever and wherever that starts whenever satan falls is kicked down to earth because we read in revelation 12 there's a war in heaven i believe is going on right now probably since revelation 17 remember that sign that's revelation 17 sign if you keep reading in the book it's less about um some big sign about the rapture and all this kind of stuff as it is about when war in heaven kicks off and what the conditions are and the war in heaven kicks off in revelation 12 and Michael stands up, he gets permission from the Lord to finally take care of this guy because he's been creating so much trouble. Satan still has access to the throne, just like he did in Job 1 and 2, accusing the saints, ever before the throne of grace, accusing the saints. God's like, take care of that, would you, Michael? Michael does, and effectively clips Michael's wings. Michael is cast, Michael, I'm sorry, Satan is cast to the earth. 
and he's condemned to the earth now to walk on the earth. So he's angry. He's very angry. In his anger, he does as he did with Judas, and he possesses the Antichrist at, the, at this point. This might be somewhere where in here Antichrist, you know, some weird stuff happens with Antichrist. Anyway, then the two witnesses are here. So Satan possesses Antichrist, kills the two witnesses. They resurrect. He goes into the temple. He's working with the false prophet at this point, erecting the image of the beast. Um, the, he uh, desecrates the temple. All that stuff happens. And in his anger, now he's got a scorched earth policy. He starts going after Israel. Meanwhile, Israel is seeing this stuff happen with this guy and the way he desecrates the temple. They go, wait a minute. Man, those two witnesses and the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe of Israel, those guys were right. And the Lord opens their eyes to see that this was a false Messiah. This isn't the guy because our Messiah wouldn't do this. Our, our Messiah is supposed to bring us the temple and and our, our temple is, you know, for the glory of God. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we know that in the church today, the the, the our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is the temple of the Holy Spirit, is um, is what we're told. But the Jews, remember, they're under a delusion. They're blinded at this point, Romans chapter 11. So they think they've got their true Messiah all through the first half here and because they, they, he built them their temple and stuff. And then he does something very un-Messiah-like, and he goes in and desecrates the temple, right? So he does that, and they go, you know, and he starts waging war on the people of the book. New believers by this point, people have come to Christ. By this point, uh, Romans 11 is getting fulfilled, and so many, so many Old Testament passages are being fulfilled about the Jews now, their eyes being opened, and then coming, realizing that, wow, Jesus was the real Messiah. So they're converting. And the Bible says in Zechariah that a remnant stayed behind. Two-thirds of the Jews stayed behind in Israel, but um, in Jerusalem, um, I think it's, if I remember right, I'm going to confuse the two. Uh, there's like uh, half of Jerusalem maybe repents, and then one-third of Israel repents, um, something like that. So anyway, there's a remnant. This remnant, it says in Revelation 12, flees for the mountains. We're going forward here. They flee for the mountains. And Satan sends a flood, you know, a flood of army after them. But God miraculously opens up the ground and swallows them, and he protects them and nourishes them. He nourishes them for, right here, Israel is nourished in Revelation 12 for uh, 1260 days or a time, times, and half a time. So notice these are given in terms of days or time, time, and half a time. But then the beast system um, that happens after this once all this begins, it's got to terminate by the second coming because that's when Satan is bound uh, in chains for a thousand years. So that's just 42 months. Now, you normally you'd say uh, 42 months, 12, 12 months, seven years, you know, it'd be 84 months or something, you know, so you'd say 12. But it's remember, we've got leap months in there and things. So it messes things up and there's extra days and so forth. So it's kind of messes with your head and messes with your math and I hate math. So anyway, we've got we've got a few extra days in here. So 42 months, it's not 42 months from here to here and 42 months from here to here. Notice the wording of the Lord gives on this for the beast system is different. So he makes war with them 42 months. But it's interesting that from this period of 
Pesach, uh, which is going to be April. It's going to be um, Passion Week in the middle of the seven-year period. So when you take that and you count it out uh, 42 months, it's going to come out where it'll end maybe when the second coming is. You know, uh, there's going to be a few days in there. So we have the end of trumpets is here, but you got Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, um, which ends the 10 days of awe right here. How long is it going to take? Jesus is going to come down and he's going to go through Edom and out down toward uh, Moab. It says he's going to circle around. Probably that's where Petra is. And he's going to round up the saints who've been hiding out there. And then he's going to set his foot on the Mount of Olives. And then he's going to take care of the people in Armageddon. And that's the grapes of wrath. And it describes in the Bible how he's going to have blood splattered up uh, on his on the horse's hooves and on the bottom of his robe and so forth. So there's some squishy days in here to, to figure out what happens exactly when. And I don't know this. The Bible's not real clear on some of these things as far as what holy days or between holy days these events take place. At the end of this too, the Valley of Decision. We have Joel. The Valley of Decision or Matthew 24. Sheep and goats. So the sheep are on his right and the goats are on his left uh, of those who survived the tribulation period. And they are judged. And then we have tabernacles. The very end is tabernacles dwellings. And this is when it's, it, uh, tradition tells us Jesus was probably born on the Feast of Tabernacles. Could be. But I know he's going to come down when he comes down, down this, after the end of the tribulation, he's going to tabernacle with us forever and ever, right? And this is what we're promised. And this is what Israel is promised. Um, Israel is told um, that David would, that Jesus would sit on the throne of David. And uh, also we're told uh, the Jews were told in the Old Testament numerous verses, places like, you will dwell where your fathers dwelt, and you will walk where your fathers walk forever and ever. So Old Jerusalem, they're going to be in Old Jerusalem. Um, the temple is described in Ezekiel 40 through 48, and it's told it's going to be built by Branch himself, which is a messianic name for the Messiah. So Jesus is going to build that temple. Very detailed, eight chapters in Ezekiel about what that temple is going to be like. And it's going to be to commemorate his work and his redemption and his work on the cross. Um, and then we have, um, well, there's so many verses about that full restoration that happens and it's going to be forever. But then it's also going to be New Jerusalem. So New Jerusalem, remember Jesus went away in John 14 and he told him, I'm going to go to my father's house and prepare a place for you. This is all part of Hebrew wedding tradition. So he's up there preparing this place. And now, we, we keep saying to the Lord, even so, come quickly. And it's like in Revelation, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But in the Hebrew wedding tradition, it's the Father who scopes out the dwelling place because he's more experienced than his son. And he'll look around and he'll say, well, he'll make a suggestion. You know, those cabinets are too high for your wife. She's a little one, right? And you should probably lower those. So the Father would, would make uh, suggestions about changes. So finally, yeah. After about you know a year, um, and this this his son has been the bridegroom has been working on this place. At some point, and some, frequently about midnight, just for a bit of fun, the father will tell the bridegroom, "Go take your bride." So this is when the taking takes place. 
the the bridegroom gets his best man, in this case John the Baptist, and rounds up his wedding party, and they go part way. They don't go all the way to the bride's house. They just go maybe as far as the gate. The bridesmaids or virgins are out at the gate, and they're watching and waiting, and she's the bride has made herself ready. Her clothing, her clothing of white is ready. Her trousseau is prepared. She's ready to go, and they kind of know it's been about the right amount of time. And they kind of know the season, right? She'd be watching, and they kind of know the season. And so they watch, and there's all kinds of racket. The bridegroom, his party is making, there's all kinds of noise to blow the shofar. Uh, they're banging on things. They're shouting. As they approach the house, the best man is shouting, um, behold the bridegroom. And... Um, so then she, the bride, comes out and meets partway at the gate. And then from the gate, they go to the father's house, and they're locked in. They're shut in for a week, a week of celebration. At the end of the celebration, um, they come out. Just Jesus comes down to the earth, and the bride returns with him. Now wife returns with him. And so after the sheep and goats then, at the end of the tribulation, what ends up happening is, is uh, I mean, a lot of people get this wrong. That is the marriage supper of, of the Lamb. You have a marriage celebration for seven years in heaven. The official marriage supper that's more public happens at the end when the Father's doors are open. Uh, she is again bailed for, again, mostly for a bit of fun. And the bride and bridegroom, now husband and wife, step out, step out the door. And it's announced, um, behold the bride, now wife. And that's, you'll read that at the end of Revelation. And the guests, that's when they come in. And those will be the survivors, um, the bleeding survivors who came through the tribulation and through the great tribulation, the whole tribulation week. Plus, that is the resurrection at that point too. Um, right before this point, um, will be all the Old Testament saints get their glorified bodies. And they are all guests. And it's a big, massive marriage supper of the Lamb is opened up to the guests and everybody is celebrating. Because what's going to happen at this point, Jesus is saying, um, Behold, I make all things new. And he's paradise lost. All these thousands of years are becoming paradise found. And it's going to be renewed. Everything is going to be renewed and restored. The creation is going to be restored back to the way it was, um, back uh, as pristine as it was during the garden. So uh, that's kind of the order of events. And again, um, take a look at this. And I don't know if you've been able to kind of capture these dates and look at these here. Um, I put down some, some key scriptures on here. Um, we've got some Daniel 8 stuff going on here with 2300 days that are mentioned in Daniel. But I also put some Gog and Magog stuff in here because um, Gog and Magog is a time of wrath. We read in Ezekiel um, 38 about God's fury and his anger and his wrath and how he leads Gog in by the nose. And uh, we can't be here for wrath. Well, that's, but yet at the same time, we know that there is. Um, it's going to be seven years of burning weapons. That's why Gog and Magog can't happen in the middle or at the end because we're not going to have the burning of weapons anywhere going into the kingdom age. 
on Earth going into the millennium. So it's got to happen early on, and it's probably why the Antichrist steps in and this war gets stopped, and he's able to carve out a peace agreement and build the temple for the Jews. And it's going to be a guy who comes from the tribe of David because I've asked some rabbis. This is something you might do sometime. I know the, the rabbis out there, most of them are not believers. But you want to get their perspective on how things are going to happen. That's why people say, oh, I think, you know, the Antichrist, he might be a Muslim. No. Ask a Jew. Most Jews will tell you, no, there's, there's no way. And I, I did this. I, I emailed a bunch of rabbis and I asked them. And I've got the emails communicated with them. Oh, what, are you look, what are you looking for in the Messiah? I mean, they're saying, without fail, they're saying, well, with the exception of a liberal uh, rabbi who says, ah, I don't know if any of that stuff's going to happen at all. Okay, But anyway, the rest of the, the uh, rabbis that I got heard back from, they're looking for somebody from the tribe of Judah. He's got to be of the line of David. That takes care of all the Muslims, right? They're out of there. And he will build our temple. And that's what they say without fail every time. Tribe of Judah, line of David, will build our temple. That leaves Muslims out of the pictures. They're not going to accept a Messiah who's from the nations out there. It's going to be, you know, tribe of Judah. That's what's prophetically is told it's supposed to be. So that's what they're looking for. They've got that much right. They're still going to pick the wrong guy, right? So anyway, th this is the stuff. Um, I, I'm kind of rambling here. Forgive me, like I said, I've got a headache and my head's kind of swimming going through all these numbers. But you guys, I hope you geek out on this a little bit. Uh, maybe tighten this up. Help me figure out uh, what things in here I might have radically incorrect. Um, and, uh, you know, respond. I'll try to leave, I'll leave the comments open too. Maybe we can do a better version of this. Maybe somebody who's really got some stuff going on in his head or her head for calendars we'll, we'll be able to work all this out and work the math out but um enjoy this tell me what you think but really to do both right by this let me put this back on my mug again um to really do this right and to really vet this what we really need to do is um sit down with with, with some version of a kind of chart and here's a bunch of my scribblings and ramblings and so forth um with all kinds of other notes and calendars and everything else, is to look ahead and see, well, to really test this and to see if this is viable, we got to push everything out a year, two years, or three years. Maybe just for fun, jump out like two more years ahead and see if, if everything still squares and fits because your leap years vary a little bit as far as when, when you land and there could be a pocket in there that takes 30 days out so there's only two leap years which adds only two months um to this time frame and that would change the math and change how things fall with the holy days right it might make it work or it might really mess things up where it doesn't work you tell me um let me know um i might geek out on this more later but i've got a cold and i've got a Probably take a couple of ibuprofen, drink some more coffee, do something, and rest, um, and uh, enjoy it. And I, I hope that you're blessed by it, and I hope it encourages you to dig into the Word and pick this apart and be the Berean. Always, always, as we read in Acts, be like the Bereans who tested everything Paul said by running to the scrolls, running to the books, 
checking scripture and verifying everything. Um, I am not, like I said, I'm not date setting, but I'm excited to watch every year. Um, the other four feast days, the three spring feasts and, and uh, Pentecost or Feast of Weeks has already been fulfilled as Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Um, so the next feast day that needs to be fulfilled is trumpets. And um, that will be obviously second coming type of stuff. And it all happens in the month of Tishri. It's all within one month um, as far as where the dates land. Of course, there could be a spread of seven years between how those land. And um, you know how that goes. If there's uh, seven years, then those dates, those holidays pop up. Those holy days pop up seven times. So enjoy that and uh, give me your thoughts. One more quick word I wanted to clarify because, again, I'm a little bit out of my mind with, with this cold, but let me try to clarify. I've noticed that it looks like in the chart and in the Bible when it gives time, times, and half a time, or when it says uh, 1,260 days, 1,260 days, God uh, didn't make it clear enough that, that, that God does not have them all linked together. He breaks them up in different sequences. You've got something that mentions 42 months, 1260, 1260, three and a half years of the whole seven years. And I notice that they don't all necessarily run together because you, you have, it appears that you have this, this block here of time, this big spread of time, uh, seven years, and that you could have 1,260 over here, and you can have 1,260 over here. There might be some overlap as they move, because these blocks of time, notice please, that they are set apart separately, and they could overlap a little bit, or they could run, in my, the way I have the chart set up, they run kind of close to the middle, but don't touch. So in other words, you've got 1,260 days of the witnesses. I don't even have the two witnesses coming onto the scene until um, 10 days in. In other words, you've got Feast of Trumpets, and then you've got um, Yom Kippur 10 days later. So I have Day of Atonement, just because. It doesn't have to be that way. I have Day of Atonement is when the, the 1260 days start for the two witnesses. And, and it runs. It doesn't even reach um, uh, Passion Week in uh, April 2027 doesn't cover that whole area so you've got this whole block in the in the middle of a couple weeks there's some wiggle room because we're going to have the antichrist satan possessed by antichrist come onto the scene desecrate the temple uh, and you know the after the 1260 days is when the two witnesses were killed so there's four days four days there and there's some overlap and then israel's going to respond so there's like another week there because the passion week's about you know, it's about a week, okay? So there's some time there for them to react and for them to head to Petra. And then you've got 1,260 days for them to be nourished, or time, times, and half a time for them to be nourished in the wilderness. So notice that they, they are not end-to-end -end is what I'm saying, those time periods. So note that, okay? Thank you. Happy Monday, everyone. 
I trust you all had a great Lord's Day yesterday. Um, so much going on, and I've got papers. You don't even want to see the top of my desk. But um, I just want to um, clarify a few things from my previous video. Got lots of comments, um, many great ones, some very nice comments as well from folks. Um, and I appreciate you all so much. Some of you chiming in with some dates to look at and some counting to consider. Um, so I want to clarify what that video was about, if I can, a little bit more and drill down a little bit more to what I'm looking at and some dates. Um, again, what I was looking at was uh, not so much to uh, fix a date, although that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, I guess whoever does that, it'll be historical once they're raptured and we find out that they had it right. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't. I don't look for that to be to be me. I just know. I just know that we are within this season. You can feel it in the air almost, really, can't you? Maybe that's just the Holy Spirit within us, um, and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, or we should be if if we are prayed up and we are in the Word. Um, we just can look at the world around us. The world's always had wickedness in it, and the world has always had evil in it. But um, there's a, a, an electricity in the air, I think, for a lot of believers. A lot of believers just know that um, uh, exactly if they can't put their finger on it, that there's just uh, a sense of anticipation and... Um, I don't want to see uh, anxiety, but anxiousness in a sense of excitement um, about you know the anticipation of wanting to go see the Lord, wanting to go um, meet the Lord and get out of this earth and and get away from all the evil here and get away from our own um, sinful proclivities and attitudes and holiness and unholy thoughts and things we do and. And if you want to find out if you're walking in holiness and if you think that you, maybe you walk in holiness um, every day, then maybe you're not driving on the freeway often enough. Um, no, but, I'm, but seriously, though, um, we if we're God's children, we, we should be dismayed with our own um, sinful thoughts and things that we're capable of, capable of thinking and... and um, and whatever so uh, I just want to walk with Jesus I want to go be with him I want to go meet him in the air and I'm so excited about that but so we come around and every year there are certain seasons high watch seasons and uh, this year I thought you know I'm, I'm just tired of this whole calendar thing and trying to figure out count the days and what days should we be should we be looking at and so that's why I made the video I made, um, and we're a few thousand, few thousand um, visitors on it so far. And I think that's the highest I've ever done. And now all that does is tell me that people, it just confirms what I was just saying, that everybody is anxious to, we want to go meet the Lord. Maybe this guy here has got a clue. I'm sorry, I, I don't, I've got some clues. I don't have the answer. I don't have a date. Uh, I think anybody who tries to tell you that they have the date definitively is selling something. We've seen how that fails in the past, and and don't do that. And I'm not going to try to um, 
come down with some high and mighty word from God or I had a dream or I saw a vision and God gave me some dates and I'm seeing some faces and I'm seeing some numbers and I'm seeing a calendar and I'm seeing a, a, you know, a coffee mug with a date on it. Um, this one's got a date on it and it's today because it expires today as soon as I drink it all down. But there's a lot of that out there and, and just be cautious. And, and if you're doing that, um, you ought to think twice because God thought seriously enough about prophecies and false prophecies that if somebody came up with a prophecy in the Old Testament days, um, we're talking Mosaic times and also moving forward, and they did not come true that that person was to be taken out and stoned. I'm not advocating that we need to bring up stoning again, although some of you might agree that there are a few out there that probably need some stoning, but, you know, they stand in God's judgment, and we pray that there are many people out there who really need to repent who are abusing the Word of God. I don't want to be abusing the Word of God, and I do not want to be um, making false prophecies. We need to be careful about that because God cares enough about it that he would um, have people stoned for making prophecies and, and even if just one did not happen that was enough to be stoned so don't do that we um people are ex excited as it is and, and the only reason why i could think of where people do this is one is you're sincere and you um really did have this dream but you know what if, if you go to bed with something on your mind or you just sometimes you've just watched a tv show or a documentary or you just read something in a book or you've read something in the bible or whatever and you go to bed with these things on your mind there's a really good chance you're going to have a dream about it that does not mean it's from god um the bible does say that in the last days um men will um, dream dreams and see visions and all this people like to go and quote joel and that, that is true but when you look in the context of the passage that's mentioned is it's during the tribulation period and it's it's during this time when um the tribulation is known according to jeremiah and i mentioned this in the last video i'm sure of it the tribulation is about the salvation of the jewish nation and according to jeremiah it said is it is it is the time of jacob's trouble who is jacob remember jacob abraham isaac and jacob jacob's name was later changed to what israel correct so it's the time of israel's trouble the prophetic time clock in the first century for israel stopped there were some prophecies about them being scattered to all the countries of the world and that happened in the first and second century um, somebody tried to make a comeback in about i want to say it was 135 a.d and that did not go very well the um the roman emperor booted those people back out again and had Jerusalem, um, the streets and, and so much of it plowed under. And that's when they decided to name it Palestine. Um, there's no Palestine officially in the Bible um, or in history until then. That's when it became Palestine. He hated Israel so much that he wanted to rename the land and wanted them out. So the diaspora, and that's the end of prophetic history other than the mention of the, the church and times for the churches and so forth. And Jesus gave us the seven letters to the seven churches. 
um, that gave us a glimpse in, into uh, church history and church behavior and so forth moving forward through time. But for Israel, that pretty much, that's it. Uh, right around then, is, there's nothing else about Israel until the Old Testament mentions that God says, I'm gonna, I will bring you back a second time. The first time he had to bring them back is when they were scattered um, because they were captives to uh, the Babylonians and they were brought out of the land and they were enslaved uh, for 70 years and the Lord brought them back as he promised he would, prophesied he would. And then he mentions that um, they would be scattered among the nations and he would bring them back a second time. That didn't happen at all in history. In fact, most biblical scholars said maybe it was symbolic. You know, it's, it was a metaphor for something. <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, what we, there are very few that, that and we can name some of them. There are very few that said, no, no, I think this is going to happen literally. Um, and, and it did in 1948. Um, you know, has anybody ever seen such a time as this when an ancient nation was completely gone, obliterated, wiped off the face of the earth, and it was nothing but desert, and then it came back, and now it's a garden spot. And the Lord said he would do this, and then he also said that when he does this, uh, that they would never be scattered again. And that Israel, that uh, they would walk where their fathers walked forever and ever. So once he brought some, brings them back in a second time, they're there. <clears throat> and they're there to say, stay. But They've never possessed all of their borders. They've been within their borders. They're within their borders now, right? If you're standing, it's just one guy standing within within the city of Jerusalem. He's within the borders, but not all the boundaries that were given to Abraham when the Lord set him on the mountain, told him to look as far as I could see and turn around and look and see. And he gave him the borders and um, described the borders. And uh, they've never possessed all that land, and they will not until the second coming. When Jesus returns, sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, and it splits, and fresh water runs out, uh, and, and Jesus says, Behold, I'm making all things new, and he's recreating everything, he's restoring everything, and we have the kingdom on the earth as he establishes it, and Jesus sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem. Remember, remember, um, remember uh, David was never in, in heaven um, on a throne. David's throne was in Old Jerusalem, um, and that's where Jesus' throne is going to be established. So um, bear with me. Again, I'm kind of a little bit of a tickle here. I'm still trying to flush this cold out. But I want to I want to go through some things here um, and point out some dates and things that I was, I was referring to. But before I do, a lot of the questions that are being asked and people are making comments on, um, I've made notes on them before i have taught some bible studies before let me show you some things here um let me go back out of here this is a timeline we're going to get to that here in a second let me try something here um this is this is tricky here with the software so like i said please bear with me but there we go um it's my youtube channel when you're watching a video if you look at the bottom of the video there's described at the bottom of it like uh you know we we go down here here's the one that i just did um if you click on it 
you will see where you can click on a name and that takes you to the channel okay so that's anyway so that is the the channel that um, I'm on now let me see if I can go back and I might not be able to oh, let me go back in here okay so when you first land on the site here we are um, here's apocalyptic and thousand it's just a little introductory video I started doing a series of videos on that all millennialists object to with premillennialism so I started answering some of those questions let me pause that it's annoying because my lips don't match because that's a video it's a recording anyway you go down for those of you who are uninitiated there are some playlists if you can view the full playlist and you can pick some out this one's on the fig tree generation and it's a combination of a couple of different um, video bible study series that are combined if you wanted to look at that topic and watch material that has to do with the fig tree and what the, the final generation means, that generation, and so forth. Um, there's a, a, a little playlist here about um, the, the Olivet Discourse, mostly from Matthew 24, and how it impacts the book of Revelation and how they work together. Here's a full playlist of the entire book of Revelation. So if you click on that, view full playlist, I'll click on that right here now, it opens up and you can see um, quite a few studies, Gog and Magog, um, and things about Babylon and so forth. So you can pick and choose some of these. There's some in here about uh, the Antichrist and so forth. So take a look at that. Oh, look at New Jerusalem. Um, so a lot of the questions that you might have in your mind, take a look at that and see what you see what you think. But I, I go into the trumpet judgments and the seal judgments, um, section by check, section, um, chapter by chapter in the book. Here's one, um, notice the graphic on here, uh, session 19, ancient Hebrew wedding tradition. The ancient Hebrew wedding tradition really does inform the rapture and all these events. Um, so much it's well worth the study if you've never done it before and um, it definitely speaks to a pre-tribulational rapture so I, I encourage you to do that sometime um, now let me let me bounce out of here but that's how you that's how you get to it that's how you get to the playlist a lot of the I, I hope it blesses you um, again my perspective is premillennial um, pre-tribulational rapture and um, I think most people popping on here are of that belief. I do answer some questions that have to do with amillennialism and postmillennialism and, and their objections, answer some questions and objections that they have to premillennialism because they think we are wackadoodle because we believe in a rapture because the word rapture is not in the Bible. And then I like to reply, and you've probably all heard it one time or another yourself, guess what? The word Bible is not in the Bible. So I want to answer some of these questions um, that I've gotten over the last couple of days and try to clarify this timeline a bit. So speaking of which, um, let me get back to, where was that? Here we go. I want to get back to this and look at this timeline a little bit um, because 
I can get some things out of the way here. So I have too much open on my computer screen right now. And I appreciate you folks. You've been very kind. So the kind remarks and, and patience with uh, the weird funny math and things like that that I'm looking at. And I hope it's not too funny a math. Um, sometimes when I, when I speak about funny math, uh, I've been known in Bible studies to pull up uh, a video of um, Abbott Costello and doing some funny math and 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 coming to some weird conclusions, you know, writing down in a column and coming down and, and coming up with some weird things. And, it's, and the answer is obviously wrong, but it's the way he does it. it. It's quite humorous, but a lot of folks out there are doing funny math. And I don't want to do funny math. What I want to do is real math. And this is why I'm asking for some help. I cannot find some, some good... Um, calendarizing type of software out there where you can customize a, a calendar. We're only dealing with, you know, if we could look within a, about a decade here, um, because what I, it would be great to do, it would be great to be able to um, lay out a, a roughly a decade and to look at the years 2023 all the way up to 2030, and then look at 2024 up to 2031, and to look at, we should, to do this honestly, we should look at a few spans to see what makes sense. Now, I know I know uh, some folks have some ideas about with, with the Shemitah and all these other things, well, how it can't be passed here because this date is here, and so we can't go past a certain date, and it's got to be this date or it's got to be that date. I, um, I, I understand this. I understand this thought. And 2030, because, you know, we got this 30 thing going on, and, and Jesus was crucified in the year 30 and so forth. Let me just say, um, you know, I studied that for a while. And we've we got to understand that on three major occasions in history, our calendar changed. Um, you know, we know about we're in the Gregorian calendar right now, used globally, and Pope Gregory messed that up. But there are a couple other times when the calendar has changed too, and the Hebrew calendar has been changed, and it really messes things up because it throws us off by a good couple of years. Um, the way I came down onto it was was figuring out. I was trying to figure out, for instance, the crucifixion of Christ. So many people have done sharper, better minds than mine, and we know about Anderson's calculations and some things that worked and some things that that didn't work out too well. Um, some things that did, but then you've got there's no way that, you know, Jesus was in the grave three days and three nights if you have a Friday crucifixion as the Roman Catholics, you know, tried to assert so long ago because they didn't read and study their Bibles very well uh, back in those days. Now, the, the folks in the church, they had no choice but to run to the priests because the priests had all the answers and they weren't allowed to have their own Bibles back in those days. So it's not like the people, many of them, um, got a hold of a Bible and did the studies themselves, and so they were, had a lot of bad information. And if you did get caught with a Bible in your hands or doing any of that stuff, you were probably going to be, uh, you know, tortured, jailed, killed, you know, martyred, that kind of thing too. So a very horrific time in history. You know, the Dark Ages are replete with stories. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs sometimes. It's well worth the read. Um, you, everybody should read that. Every believer should get a hold of the Fox's Book of Martyrs and, re, and read that. But anyway, um, I digress, as I want to do. Um, but 
the dates did not come out right because when you look at the Hebrew calendar, when you get to the point of Jesus being crucified, you remember uh, the days of the week, um, the night and the day are when the Hebrew calendar works. So, um, Nisan 14 going into 15 for the Passover, Passion Week. Um, it happens at sunset. We had Jesus go um, to the cross at uh, like um, 9 o'clock in the morning and all that happened and he was crucified and how long was he on the cross and and, and they had to be taken down um, off the cross and had to make sure he was dead. We know the story. I'm, I'm hyper jumping here because uh, tomorrow is the Sabbath. So in, in the minds of the Western thinking Roman Catholics at the time, they're thinking, oh, tomorrow is the Sabbath. So they thought that, uh, well, that means that Jesus was on the cross on Friday because they're saying tomorrow is the Sabbath. Well, no, on high holy days, you have Sabbaths a couple times during the year during the week. And it, it can land, you know, whenever on that date because it's a high holy day. Um, but we have to look at that Nissan 15 and Nissan 14 and when that happens. So anyway, I, I couldn't get them to reconcile because you, you determine these things by looking at the full moon or looking at the new moon. We have the NASA data and I took software and I, I ran the dates forward and backward and looked at every possible way. I looked through... Um, uh, Astropixels was one website I went to and you can go through and look at new moons, full moons, you can look at the whole um, lunar system going all the way back um, easily into the first century and you can see how those dates land. Um, so I'm looking and it didn't match and then I find out that at Council of Nicaea that uh, they also changed the days of the week because there was a Roman calendar and they need to justify changing it. So what part that was one of the things they did and um, so they were trying to harmonize the Byzantine calendar and, and the Julian calendar. Um, and they were trying to, because they were drifting apart from each other, they had no regard for the Babylonian or Hebrew calendar because as far as they're concerned, ah, those people are dead. You know, the, the, the Jews, the Hebrews, they're scattered to the, to the winds. They didn't care what those calendars said, regardless of how accurate they, they were or whatever at the time. So they didn't regard that. That wasn't even, not even a question. They're looking at the, the uh, Roman calendar and the Julian Roman calendar was uh, eight days a week. Um, you know, they had a market day and so forth. And they're trying to get these all to crunch together. So ultimately, they ended up kind of arbitrarily saying that, you know, let's just declare today's Wednesday. Okay, everybody good at that. Let's everybody in favor say aye. It wasn't that quite that simple and worded that way. But but they um, they did that and they decided they, they drew a clear line and said, this is it. This is the day that we are on right now that's from henceforth and forever it's going to be this date you know smack the gavel whatever they did i don't know what they did uh snap a gentile i don't know what they did to <laughs> declare uh forgive me i'm getting silly because i've been you know up a lot of hours and so forth and staying but anyway um and a little humor i hope breaks up the time because you know, I know this isn't necessarily that particularly exciting to watch or listen to me babble on, speaking of Babylon. Um, and I, I like puns, so I'll, I'll try to be merciful, though. Anyway, um, so without complete, without any regard at all for the Hebrew calendar, what they did is they declared a certain day and they drifted the Hebrew calendar by three days. What does this mean by three days in what direction? Well, let me put it this way. If you, if you want to... This will short-circuit the brains of, of sacred name people and Hebrew roots people. I'm sorry to do this to you, but 
if you want to worship on the same Sabbath day as the first century Christians did, as the same Sabbath day that Jesus worshipped on, um, you want that Sabbath day, you better do it on Tuesdays. It's just the way it is. They changed the day. Our calendar's off by three days. So once I had all that um, worked out, here's a calendar that demonstrates, that shows some of this. This is interesting. Um, and this is from a, a, a cool guy on the internet who actually did the same kind of research. I think it's the right angle here because the camera's at a weird place over here. So, uh, yeah, so see what they did? And, and kind of messed it up so it changed the days of the week are all kind of messed up so he's trying to correct this here and he did a great job with it and it saved me a lot of labor and things but um this is very cool um but it's not cool for people who think that they're keeping the torah perfectly and if they especially if your works only didn't think you got to keep the torah to, to go to heaven or god's going to push you out of the gate bummer you know i i, I hope Folks jumping, jumping on here will repent of that if that's your mindset. Then I got to say, you know, do you ever um, do you ever wear uh, a cotton poly blend? Because guess what? You're breaking the law if you're doing that because according to Hebrew law, you couldn't blend fabrics and materials like that. Oops. You know, the law, as Paul said, I'm not going to go down this road right now because we just don't have the time, but reread Romans and reread reread what Paul said he affirms this that the law is a schoolmaster that the law is there to teach us that we need the Messiah that we need a savior that's the whole point of the law we can't be perfect stop trying to keep it um, I mean you should try to keep it if you love the Lord you want to try to uh, it reflects his character and his nature and what he desires but stop trying to get to heaven by keeping the law we should try to keep the law as, as our sanctification being set apart for him but not to try to get into the pearly gates um, that's a non-starter but again I digress so um, so anyway when you take this into account and you go back and you look and you correct the days of the week and when Nissan 14 and Nissan 15 starts what you find is that Christ went to the cross on a Thursday in 32 AD and it lines up and fits perfectly and he rose on Lord's Day what we call Sunday and so forth now here's the thing is the calendar is so messed up um, I'm not saying that 30 AD is wrong for when Jesus went to the cross if you if you're trying to count forward from Genesis and do all this fancy footwork our calendar is so messed up that what we understand is 32 AD today right now where we sit watching this video it might be going back in the time it might be the original 30 AD it might be the calendar might be off by that might be it two years so I mean when you consider that you know it kind of makes sense so anyway um, back to this scrolling globe thing going on down here really really fast you know if the world were spinning that fast down underneath we'd be, we'd be flying off into space uh, let me pause this for just a moment Ah, where am I? Okay. Is this showing up? Uh, I, I hope the cursor is showing up on the camera. I see it on my computer. I hope it does because I'm going to point to some things and I hope it shows up. That's what I'm trying to click on and make sure I'm doing. So 
um, make sure I can do this okay. All right. So what I'm trying to show is when I counted out, um, we know some main dates as I showed in this original chart. Um, you know what? I, I think I can go there. I think we'll go like this. No? Do you do that? I said I've got too many things open. And here, where to go? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll get back to I'll find it here in a second. Um it's a wonder anything of clarity can come out of this mind at all right now. Um but what I was originally talking about was we know from the scriptures in Revelation in particular there are some time segments that are mentioned. Um, I, I'm just I, I'm just kind of looking at my version of the chart with all my chicken scratches here. That's all I'm looking at here. Uh, so we know that we had the uh, 1260 days. We have the 1260 days that the two witnesses are upon the earth. So what I did was to figure out when they started or whatever. We know when that when it ends for their ministry. So I, I think we can stick a pin in when their ministry ends by looking at um, reading the scriptures in um, Revelation chapter 11. It talks about there's war in heaven, or chapter 12, there's war in heaven. And we read that Michael stands up and he kicks Satan down to the earth. Satan in his anger, in his great anger, um, it looks like he um, goes after Israel and they are chased into the hills where they are fed for um, 1260 days or uh, a time times and half a time. So three and a half years. So that's this period here going out. So I try to take that plus Revelation chapter 11 about the two witnesses. And it looks like the two witnesses that here in the middle ends for them as well. Because you take uh, Satan, the dragon, is allowed to kill them. And they lay in the streets for four days, correct? Now, as I've mentioned before, uh, I believe that that is referring to the middle of the tribulation, not the end, because by the end of the tribulation, when you get out to uh, the times of uh, Armageddon and so forth, way out here, then you've got all kinds of crazy chaos that has been going on. You've got had the bold judgments and so forth. Um, all the waters turned to blood. I don't see satellite services or cell service working. So when they the two witnesses after four days and they stand up and they ascend into heaven, folks aren't going to be able to have their, their cell phones out and snapping that, right? But the whole world is supposed to be watching and see this happen. 
and I think cameras will be there um, and people will have cell service. Plus the atmosphere is partying. People will be exchanging gifts and having a party. And when you got Armageddon, literally Armageddon is going on. Um, we've had man-sized hail fall from the skies. A series of earthquakes that were so powerful that they level all the mountains and um, they sink all the islands. All the waters turn to blood. Uh, a CME is, has popped off the sun and has scorched men and they're bitter and they're angry. Um, that is not a party atmosphere, folks. I don't see that going on at the end of the two witnesses tenure. It makes more sense to me, as I've pointed out before, that two witnesses somewhere um, shortly, and see, I've got a little date here for um, 10 days later, we have, if potentially you have the rapture on about the 14th, could be the 15th, 16th, 10 days later is Yom Kippur. That could be when the two witnesses um, start their ministry. Okay, so you got a little time in between there, in between, because nothing says that the tribulation starts immediately after or at the rapture, folks. Nothing says that at all. So it's a, it's a seven-year tribulation period, but we don't know exactly how long from one from the rapture to the very end. Um, what that is, it's going to be about seven years, though. It has to be. Because when you use the ancient Hebrew wedding traditions, the ancient Hebrew wedding tradition has it where um, the bridegroom goes and takes his bride and takes her to his father's house where they are shut in and they uh, have a celebration that lasts seven years. And then at the end of seven years, they open the doors to the public and announce, behold, the bride now wife. And um, then they have the public um, um, marriage supper of the Lamb. A lot of people have it. They think that it's a seven-year marriage supper of the Lamb thing, kind of, or whatever. No, it's a seven-year celebration. The marriage supper happens at the end of that, and it's public, and then guests are invited. The guests are who? Well, you have the resurrection of the Old Testament saints when Christ comes back, and you also have the, um, the Christian survivors who are also going to be Jews because there's new tribulation saints. You can call them Christian or whatever you want to call them, but for Claire, they are believers that came out of the tribulation. They're all guests and they're all being ushered in and you have the marriage supper of the Lamb because the marriage supper is about um, the bride and bridegroom. The bride is the church, um, traditionally called the Christians. Christian is anybody who's Christ-like or whatever, but just to distinguish the two, the bride and the bridegroom and everybody else coming in is going to be the guests and that's at the end that is down this way um, when he returns so what's fascinating here is i have a, a a date that i put in um let's see here the cursor to show right in here nissan one happens about um Nissan 1 happens about April 7th, which is interesting because when you count out um, 1,260 days, you end up way out here. Okay, and, and then if you take April 7th and you count backward, you end up over here where the ministry for the two witnesses. So you have a little bit of squishy room here that I would like to nail down more. 
where the things that happen are Revelation 11, 12, and 13. Okay, great, Dave. Don't make me read it. What's Revelation 11, 12, and 13? Well, you should read it, but off the top of my head, Revelation 11, 12, and 13 are going to be, um, here we go. We have the, the two witnesses. We have their their ministry, okay? And then you have um, the woman ran out, out into, uh, or nursed when she ran out into the wilderness and into the hills for time, times, and half a time, or 1260 days. And you also have, on the at the second half here, you have the beast system, because what's happened in Revelation 12 is Satan gets kicked out of uh, heaven. Well, right now, it's not like he lives in heaven, okay? He's, he is in the streets like a lion roaring, seeking whom he may devour. He's the, the god of this age, the scripture says. Um, so it's, he's been giving a short-term lease on this because of sin and the curse uh, for a short time. He's the prince of the power of the air. So he is loose right now. He's not in chains yet. He's not in chains till Revelation 19 and 20 when Jesus comes back, okay, before the kingdom. So Satan is kicked down to earth and in his anger, um, at some point in here, he possesses Antichrist. We can get into the whole thing. I've got videos on it. Again, you can check out. We can get into the whole thing about, uh, you know, the wound of the eye and the wounds of the right arm and all this other kind of stuff and, and whether or not that might happen and what that has to do with anything. But what we do know is that he possesses Antichrist, and that is what we call the beast. That's how you have the beast and the beast system. Satan has been... Um, working on this for centuries, the Antichrist comes in, and he's he and the false prophet are kind of establishing things and, and setting up this whole system. We're setting up the system now, folks, right? The Antichrist and the false prophet are alive and, and well now. We just don't know exactly who they all are. We can guess on um, you know, the false prophet, but we don't know yet. Um, but it'll be a global system. Both systems will be global, whether it's the religious system or the government system, the monetary system and so forth, and the military machinery. It'll all be global at some point. So he possesses Antichrist. And here in in the middle of in the middle of the week, as it were, as Christ refers to it, starts the Great Tribulation. He goes after after the Jews. Antichrist is possessed, and all this stuff happens. He goes into the temple and he stops the sacrifices. He and the false prophets set up a, a happy little statue or something to um, that the Antichrist should be worshipped. And he sets up the beast system with the six 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 and so forth. So if you're watching for six 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 anytime before that, especially now before the rapture, you're you're barking up the wrong tree because there's no beast. You have to have a beast system, or a beast before you can have a beast system. Okay. Part of what comes with the packages is is um, now now MacArthur was castigated years ago for this because um, he was saying words to this effect that uh, getting a number or or getting a mark is not going to send you to hell. Um, what that means is, is that uh, even if the beast system is the jab, if the beast system is a mark, if it's a tattoo, if the beast system is nanites in your body, if it's a mark on your forehead or in your right hand, if you were to go get that today, you are not going to hell for that. Why? It's not a, 
mark of the beast yet. It might be a mark. It might be something bad. Might not. Might be ill-advised. Whatever. It's not the beast system mark of the beast yet because you have no beast. So part of what comes into it, and you're reading uh, Revelation chapter 13 and 14. Don't take my word for it. Be like the Bereans and go read it yourself. Is you worship the beast to get the mark there or there. Okay, that is what sends you to hell. It's the worship of the beast because you are um, not recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord and you're putting the Antichrist in place of the Lord and you are worshiping him instead. And that's what sends you to hell because to get the mark, you by getting the mark, you are saying, I'm in league with him. That's why in, in the Old Testament in Leviticus, tattoos were forbidden because it was a, it was a sign of, of ownership that you were you were um, putting yourself as placing yourself as owner um, in some respect or another to another or to another god or another human whatever. So it was forbidden. Uh, some people do it now because it's art or whatever, and they want to get a little you know get the uh, like a ring tattooed on their finger and do all kinds of funny little things, or even a verse or, or a tattoo of Jesus on their back or on their arm or whatever. But but uh, it's the marking of the body and in the um, thing behind it that's bad is 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 the ownership and who you're in liege who you're offering your liege to your 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 worship your service to okay servitude okay you put your servitude to the antichrist that is the beast system that is what the mark of the beast is is you're you're saying you know what i um we we saw this well you know um you know, I'll, I'll just put a mask on. It doesn't matter. I just got to run to the store and get a few things. I can't just, so I'll put the mask on because I don't want people looking at me weird. Um, I'll, I'll go and do this. I'll, I'll follow the aisles, the, the arrows down this aisle, and I'll do the zigzag thing, and I'll walk. I'll, I'll just do it because I, I need some groceries. I need some, you know, I, I can't get on the bus because I don't have, I have to have a mask on if I, if I or if I have to have a shot. If I don't have this stuff going on, then... Uh, you know, and I can't show somebody a card or whatever, then I, I can't get my kids to school, I can't get on the bus, um, I can't get on an airplane, I, so I need this stuff done, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Well, those things are, are um, comparatively insignificant compared to the beast system. The beast system, this that all might be conditioning, okay? So we all see how that went, and a lot of people fell right in, just like, yeah, no problem, I'll, you know, yeah whatever, and you're mean if you don't do it. <clears throat> and they'll come up with Bible verses even to tell you how mean you are if you don't do it and you don't love your fellow man. Well, you know, you must not love your fellow man and love your kids and love your family if you're not willing to go and take the mark so you can feed your kids and you know, so you can eat, so you can buy gas for the car and stuff because there's no more dollars. Everything's digital and we, know, we see that this is coming down the pike real soon. Now, that's not going to be the beast system yet, but I'm sure in some fashion it will be adopted into the beast system where um, to make those things function properly for you by the time you get to the middle of the tribulation. And I say you generally, not you. If you're a believer, you're not going to be here. Don't sweat it. Uh, like Paul says in First Thessalonians 4 and 5 that you don't need to worry about that because you're not going to be caught off, off uh, unaware as a thief. Okay. But for the folks who are caught like a thief unaware, like, oh, somebody broke into my house, look at everything scattered, and they turned the living room upside down. You're caught off guard like a thief. The window is broken. Um, you need to repent, give your life to Christ, and recognize him as Lord. And then hopefully, if, if you're watching a video like this, 
or this particular video or something and it's after the rapture and you see this and you need to repent and not do that give your life to Christ even if it means um, starving for a season or having to you know um, gnaw on the grass outside I don't know what you have to do to eat or what go you know the black market somewhere or something but you don't want the beast system because that, that will send you to hell and that's all MacArthur was trying to convey back in the day was that it's it's not in and of itself it's not a mark in and of itself it's not a tattoo in and of itself it's not a chip in and of itself it's none of these things that's going to send you to hell but it's the worship that is attendant to buying into um the system and having your body in some way identified with in liege with the beast as effectively your your lord the person in the throne in your life uh, that's going to send you to hell and you don't want any part of that that system all gets set up here um as i said in in the middle and all that happens and then we've got 1260 years and when's it going to end it's going to end you know right here in this little pocket of of um again it'll be tishri again when the lord comes back and we've got uh trumpets i'm not sure if anything significant if the day lands anything significant happens at trumpets because we've already had the fulfillment of trumpets Yom Teruah up here uh, with the rapture and so we count out the correct number of days you've got Yom Kippur trumpets sets off 10 days of, of reflection and grieving and repentance and happiness and joy also because of you know redemption that comes from the Lord and so forth so you got 10 days of awe from trumpets to um, Yom Kippur um, so at the very end here you've got trumpets which is going to set off 10 days then you've got Yom Kippur um, that happens about uh, October 7th um, in 2030 and then you got tabernacles now the Lord could come back Yom Kippur uh, he's going to come around and um, so you've got 10 days between that and tabernacles so the Lord could come back Yom Kippur possibly right he could come back then and um what does he do he he rescues the believers who are um hidden up in the mountains okay he takes care of the armies who are surrounded that area as we read in the Old Testament we read that in Zechariah there's a little bit in Amos we read it in Joel and so forth um we know that it might be Petra that there are saints there Jesus is going to come down and he's going to bloody the horse's hooves in the bottom of his robe by taking out those Armageddon type armies that are going to be there because uh, they want them they want to take them out under the command of Antichrist they want to kill those believers their rockets aren't getting through they launch missiles whatever they do they can't get in because the Lord is divinely protecting them there and uh so then we've got that we've got the valley of decision where our, they're all wiped out and whatever believers and unbelievers are um, gathered together um, at that point. Well, let me point this out because one of the questions that came up was, no, the people who are taken up um, are the ones being judged, uh, not the ones being saved. And this is our popular view among, um, well, other, other groups that that's not a rapture. The ones taken and ones left in, in uh, Matthew 24, the ones taken are the ones they're taken in judgment. Well, that's not the word with the word taking means there it means like to take away to snatch away to protect like you rip a child out of harm's way is what it is your child's in the street the car's coming in you go and you go and you jerk that that's what once taken and once left that's what that means 
in Matthew 24. But um, let me see if I can pull something up here real quick. Uh, let me do this. I want to show I want to show you an example of of this, if I may. And it's um, patient. Please stand by as I try to figure this thing out here. Whoop! I got it to pop up there. Okay, this is what I want to show you. Okay, Matthew 24, one's taken and one's left. Okay? What a lot of people don't... Yeah, the comments, I know I mentioned something in this last video about this, but some people missed it or didn't watch or whatever. They just popped off with a response. They watched 10 minutes and then they said, no, 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 that's not right and here's why. What I want to um, point out here is that I get myself here because sometimes people like the eye contact thing um and pardon me while i get a sip but my throat's kind of raspy is that matthew 24 the olivet discourse covers two chapters in matthew matthew 24 and matthew 25 you got to read on in fact you can go into 26 for a verse or two and that's the olivet discourse um, Matthew 24 describes one's taken and one's left. In Matthew 25, all are taken. See what I've got written down here on, on, the, on the chart. Um, Matthew 24, one's taken, one's left. We also see this in the weird wording in Luke where it says, you know, where the eagles are gathered or where the buzzards are gathered, um, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so are believers going to be eaten by buzzards? The ones left behind are the ones who are going to be dead people. Okay, mostly. More than half the world gets wiped out during the tribulation. Another study. It's, it's one of my videos. Okay, so um, one's taken and one's left. Okay, so the believers get left behind in what? Where the carcasses are. So the believers are carcasses left behind? Or are you saying that carcasses are in heaven? Because if, if the ones taken are taken in judgment are um, unbelievers um, so there are there are now carcasses and there's going to be a feeding frenzy in heaven I, I don't think so it doesn't fit for instance in Revelation 19 we've got carcasses and we've got buzzards feasting off the bodies right that's what it's talking about in Matthew 24 the ones taken are the ones taken out of harm's way okay because um, here's the thing is, is, is that we've got the sheep and the goats see the little, the little, the little happy lamb and goat up here. Um, come on, folks! I worked hard on that, finding those little graphics. Anyway, um, the sheep and the goats judgment. Uh, it says in Matthew twenty-five, the angels go out and they gather up everybody. So, do they gather up everybody, or do they gather up just unbelievers or just believers? If you have just one party, the other pick one. I don't care. How does the other party get there? Call Uber. Maybe they maybe they send helicopters out to pick pick them up, or if you know you have the valley of decision, um, like it's described in Joel or in Matthew twenty five, the sheep and the goats. One's taken and one's left, and they try to say well that the both events are the same. And they, they can't be. You've got two different events going on because in Matthew twenty four you got one taken and one left, but Matthew twenty five it describes everybody being taken. Which is it? Either there's a contradiction. Jesus contradicted himself in the Olivet Discourse, or you've got two different events. And I'm in favor of two different events. 
Um, all are taken. Uh, that can't be the rapture, clearly, because the context of Matthew 25, when you're reading it, all has to do with judgment and, and some being cast into outer darkness. All the lambs are put to his right and the ghosts are put to the left, right? Well, how does that happen if they're all the same event? But in Matthew 24, you got one taken and one left. So you, there is a rapture between the lines in the subtext of Matthew 24. Is the word rapture in there? No. And guess what, folks? The word rapture is not in the Bible at all unless you're reading the Latin Bible. The word harpazo is in there in a couple places, one of them being in First uh, Thessalonians. But um, people like to play word games and, and play little gotchas and say, ha, 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 you know, the, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. I looked at my concordance and it's not there. Ha, ha, ha. All right. Funny joke. Ha, ha. Um, okay, now time, time to grow up here and pay attention to what's going on in life around you. Um, and be honest with the scriptures. Get into the word. Study it. And rightly divide the word of God and, and don't proof text to try to prove your position. What you should be doing is you should be proving your position against the word of God. And if where there's a difference, you need to reform your thinking. You need to revise your thinking. I had to do this. I changed um, quite a few things. I've been at this for, um, as I've commented before, I've been at this for over 50 years. Um, as a young lad in junior high school in 1971, was when um, I came to Christ. Almost right away, it was you know within a year or so, I started getting into eschatology and end times because I heard people talking about rapture and second coming and all, and I didn't know what any of that stuff meant. So I started studying and reading and learning some bad stuff and learning some good stuff. The church I was at, I had a couple of really great people. Some people came from a more Presbyterian covenant, covenantal type of a background, so it was more. Um, little bit more amillennial type of background. Um, my youth pastor um, was a protege of, of Dr. MacArthur, and that's how he ended up being at our church uh, because our um, daughter of our church pastor at the time uh, knew MacArthur and, and knew about this guy, and so he came in. Um, so I, I learned pre-trib, pre-mill from him. So I, they would stand around sometimes talking and it was like watching, you know, I'm, I'm like this, like I'm watching a tennis match and taking notes and making mental notes and it was all some good stuff. And it took some digging in and studying myself to arrive at where I'm at today. And, um, so here we are, but I, I, I hate having a, a mystery. I hate having some things unsolved. So that's why I'm trying to drill down and, and trying to resolve some of these issues. Uh, because I, I, I want to figure it out. So one of the questions, one of the comments on here is that, no, the people who are taken are taken in judgment. Well, I, that's why I put this chart up, because hopefully this person or others who have the same question will come in here and maybe take a look and go, oh, I didn't think about that before. And let me take a look myself, not just take my word for it and go, oh, that's a good point. Bye, see ya, and walk away. But get into the word and dig in yourself and find out. These are two different, two different events going on here so you got to know the passage that you're in um so i'm i'm really straying way off path here um, i'm going to do um, a bunch of different videos though um eventually but i wanted to i wanted to point that out um so this is going to get kind of long so i'm going to jump off here at this point i just want to answer a couple of those questions and, and reiterate that i'm not coming in here with a date but i'm looking at possibilities for this year a rapture and where that ends up and how the math works and how it meets up in the middle and what we do with it and and uh, look at the timelines the time frames that we're looking at we are looking at 
um, things like um, uh, where the two witnesses are and how their ministries play out for 1260 days, how Israel flees for 1260 days or a time, times, and half a time, and how the whole period is for seven years. And it's, it, Daniel talks about a week, or, or at least the angel Gabriel gave to Daniel the prophecy about a week, the 70th week of Daniel. And I addressed last time already this, this question about, well, why would God fling a prophecy, split it up, and fling it out into the future? And I addressed this last time. You know, Jesus did it himself with his own the prophecies concerning himself, and the Old Testament does too. Um, Isaiah um, 61 talks about this. Um, Gabriel to Luke, or in Luke to Mary, um, splits up by 2,000 years, Christ's first coming and second coming. There's just a couple of split up prophecies right there. So it's not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented. Verify for yourself whether it should be. And if you can figure out a different way to do it, you know, have fun with that. But um, we're going to um, close this off here. And I'll probably immediately do like another video and pull some different notes together because there are a lot of questions coming, flooding in at me. And I want to answer these questions. But I don't want you to necessarily have to pause too much and I don't want a four hour video here so I'm going to break this off and then I want to um, launch into maybe some more questions and I've got some more thoughts on uh, ways that this can maybe be um, searched out a little bit more too so at this point uh, I'll sign off from here and we'll resume and look at this timeline again um, look at the chart again and I want to answer some more questions. I think it's easier to answer questions this way than I, I keep replying to some of them. And I'm overwhelmed. I'm sorry. Last time I checked there's like 4,500 visits and a lot of comments. So I'm trying to reply to them and then the same question comes up again by somebody else. I'm going, okay, well, I, I've got I've to use a, a broader shotgun method of broadcasting my answers to some of these and try to anticipate some and try to answer them. Um, I'm glad you all are engaged and, and I hope you're getting into the word. Keep trusting the Lord. Um, I, I think of that song, um, you know, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking stand, and indeed it is. Um, and then when he shall come with trumpet sound, may I then in him be found. And the same thing for you. May you be found in him when the trumpet sounds, the shofar sounds. I will sign off here and um, you have a, a blessed day. And I'm not sure when the second video will be up. Um, I might at some point go live if I can figure that out. I'm, I'm not a techno geek. Look at the generation I'm from, okay? So... I'm getting ready to turn in a few days, a um, few weeks, I will be turning 66 years old. So I'm not of that generation that, you know I, know, I know a lot of you youngsters just know how to swipe right and left and up and down and click on this and, and, and do whatever it is you do and you can make things happen really quickly. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that much of a, a techno geek. So thank you for your patience and until next time.